All right, so what's up, guys? It's Rico here. Um, China Mike is sitting next to me. We're sitting outside. We're Mikasa and Jason. Mihao. Mikasa is uh, super busy with the Canton Fair. There's a ton of people. And this is going to be a short This is China episode. It's been a while since we recorded one of these. The specific This is China is going to be around uh, funny stories with uh, Chinese employees. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. So, Mike, do you want to take it away? Sure. I've had a lot of employees, Chinese and foreign, majority Chinese in my time in China since 2008. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of these stories I've touched on in previous episodes. But, yeah, I've just had some unique situations. Um, I'd love to, I've been saying this forever, but I got to say it. Publicly, I'd love to get on one of these conversations with uh, Michelini as well as Don Wilder because I feel like all of us kind of came to China around the same time, kind of started our business the same way. And I invited Mike to do a uh, presentation at one of the meetups in Chiang Mai, and he started getting deep diving into his um, startup experience and his employee experience, and he had a lot of the same nightmares that I did. So it'd be fun to. Uh, open up that conversation one day but yeah there's a few there's three in particular off the top of my head so we were brainstorming ideas for this is china there's a few situations i'll start with one that i think i've spoke on the podcast before and um we had a girl working for us i can't remember when this was probably like 2014 something like that and we were in rapid expansion phase, we had uh, some big clients. It was at the peak of the first phase of Source Find Asia. And there's just no way we could keep up unless we brought someone else on. So we met this girl and we uh, interviewed her for either an internship or some type of part-time position. But she had a really good interview. We liked her. We liked where her head was at. So we offered a full-time position, which, which she wasn't even expecting at the time. And she was really excited and, and we brought her on and we immediately trained her to manage projects herself. So she took over about four or five of our projects right from the jump. And you know, now the way SourceFind is structured, this would never happen, but it's a good lesson for somebody who's doing business out here just to make sure that you're monitoring all aspects of your business and there's certain checks and balances because at the time when we let this person go it was at least three years down the road so maybe it was before 2014 i can't remember the exact dates but so she she she'd done a good job initially and yeah she, you were like okay this she was always steady yeah she was always steady she was never our worst performer she was never our best performer she never went above and beyond but she was always steady 
we could. She's what you'd call a a drone. Yeah, if if you're talking from an HR perspective, we could count on her to get shit done. You know, some small hiccups, but never anything uh, catastrophic. She was uh, she was a solid employee, but our business started to change. Um, her enthusiasm, her her uh, energy level deteriorated a little bit. It was clear that she was eyeing something else. You know, you, you if you're around someone enough and you're around a startup environment enough, you start to realize who's not on the same you know, same war path, who jumped ship, you start to realize it. So, and she realized that we realized it too. I remember sitting down for the, you're about to get fired conversation. And she quit mid conversation because she realized what was happening. And she didn't want to go out like that. She was like, ah, I'm just going to quit. She was like, I'm going to crash this. Yeah. 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 Fuck you, bro. But I thought one fascinating thing was Again, we had a different system at the time. When she left the company, I had to then, I personally took responsibility for touching base with all the projects. I went back to all the factories and we started from the ground up. We reorganized every project. And it was pretty interesting at the time, these clients and projects and products that I had established three years ago and had ran through this employee, when I touched base with the factories, every single one, not most, not all but one, every single one of those products, three years later, went down in cost. Once I touched base with the factories. In other words, this girl was skimming off of every single product that we were manufacturing through here occur over the course of three years so to know how much money we lost through her i'll never know um i know that immediately after she was fired or quit however you want to view it she immediately took a job with one of our suppliers and she this is this is the uh lens factor the lens factor yeah and a couple years after that, uh, she was purchasing. She's still working there. Are you sure about that? Yeah, she as uh, of, as of like last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was, she added me on LinkedIn. Oh wow, that's and, interesting. And then you know, and 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 another interesting tidbit was, I know that she has other uh means of income whether it be family or spouse or you know other projects that she's doing but she actually started to buy some property in guangzhou and opened her own business in guangzhou which if you're out here you know that that's not a uh that takes a decent penny to open these things I was just like, yeah, it's very good to know that, uh, you know, you might be, I, you I, might be entitled to some. Yeah, of the, I financed your, uh, your. You your, might be entitled to some of the startup deeds. You I, know, we should. I help finance your your four hundred thousand dollar condo that you just purchased. We there. should. Uh, we should start doing what uh, all these startups do. It's like any business idea that you come up with while working for Source Financia is Source Financia IP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if you buy some property, you start a real estate business. Hey, you know, that's, uh, you know, so Spanish is taking a percentage. You owe me 30%, motherfucker. So that was, that was my first, uh, this is China employee story. That was, that was an interesting one. What do you got? 
for me, um, the first one, that, I mean, there's probably a couple, but the one that comes to mind is like, so we had this dude. So by the way, 90% uh, of our employees ever have been women. And it's not like, it's not a conscious thing that I've done where I'm like, I just want to hire women to work for me. But I think in China, because China is more of a traditional culture, when you work in, a, like a lot of the work that we do is administrative stuff. It's documentation, um, taking note of things, creating files, all that stuff. For I think in general, men don't like to do that um, globally. But then if you come to a more traditional culture like China, um, the men feel even more entitled to not have to do those kind of things. So I've had like one of my first employees, Leo, I'm still friends with him today. He was fantastic. He was always on the money. He was always making sure that everything was documented. He understood the, the reasons why we're doing those things. Um, whereas other dudes that have worked for us <laughs> would just be like, hey, man, you know you have to save everything to Google Drive. I have to, I don't I have to point this out. Yep. And I don't know if it's necessary or important. And it doesn't matter. It never mattered to me. But I was just thinking about the statement you just made. You might disagree, but from my perspective, Leo was one of the more feminine dudes that I've met in China. <laughs> so maybe that had something to do with it. I have, I have. He was a dainty fellow of about 126 pounds who had very he had female tendencies. Oh, nah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he was. I don't. I wouldn't say he was a feminine. Like I feel like that would be the wrong char characterization. I don't mean that as a disrespect. No, no, at no. All. I know, no, no, you don't. But I'm I saying know. I don't think he was a feminine. Like in the okay, in the in the sense that China and you've had listeners with Chinese would. men. If you're introducing him to your, you know, group of ten. No, because I met Leo very early on. I met him teaching English. Like I've met effeminate men. Like you know, Toronto is a very liberal city and leo is not like he, he has let's put it like this he has some more feminine tendencies or whatever he's also he's also a lot talking about sexual he's a he's a, he's a lot like that i just mean from the perspective of you know he's kind of a he's kind of a soft like He's a, lot, he's, a, he's a lot softer, but like, I mean, he's still like, Leo still plays sports and he's still like, that's you know not I mean? what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, if you meet him, he's not some burly dude. He's not, you know, who, you know, he, 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 not how many burly he's very easy to talk to. He's, um, happy go lucky, happy go lucky, yeah. little dainty he's, dude. He's, he's very, um, he's very idealistic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah One so, of my favorite employees in SFA history. Yeah. By the way, I would I would have loved to have kept Leo, but he was still a dude, and the reason why he left is because he had his own vision for what he wanted to do with his career and all this. Hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, so Leo was cool. I, I now that actually reminded me of another guy. So there's another guy that worked for us, who worked for us for like three to four months. This dude was initially I thought he was awesome because he was like a Chinese-born American guy. Um, Sorry, say CBA. Um, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. CBA, yeah. Chinese-born American, you know, born in China, but moved to the States when he was like 10 or 11 or 12. Um, came back to China for 
like a gap year of college and then was potentially going to stay longer, but ended up going back to the States. So anyways, he spoke like perfect English. He was westernized. Like we were having conversations about various TV shows. And like, I just, he was like that dude in the office where it's like, yeah, this guy gets me. You know what I mean? Like we can just have these, like in the way that Leo was not. Like Leo wouldn't get certain references. Anyways, there was a couple situations where I would to, I told him, hey man, you have to save X, Y, and Z to Google Drive. I checked. He's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. And then I checked. It's like the documents weren't there. Like, hey man, like uh, I'll call him. I'll call him Ben. Hey Ben, like what, what's happening with this dog? Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. He's like, okay, that's one. And then it would be like second time. Hey, I'm reminding him of Ben. Like, remember to save these documents. Oh yeah, no, no, I forgot. It's like, okay, that's two. And then Leo started saying like, I don't think Ben really cares about anything anything yeah then the maybe video games yeah video games (laughs) yeah so then the main thing that really pushed things over the edge was he (laughs) one day just didn't show up to work right uh and i mean okay like you can be late for work once in a while whatever it is what it is you can have a situation where and if you're 20 years old, you go out and you wake up late. And I get it. But to just like not show up work and then just not respond at all for the whole day. And just like, where are you? Nothing. And then I hit him up. And then finally he replied, I think it was like 5 p.m. And I was like, dude, what happened? He's like, I, I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> You don't the, know why you thing, didn't? The thing that I always found funny with Ben, not that it's justified to do that under any circumstance with your job, but I could have understood it a little bit more. It wouldn't have been okay. It would have been the same the same type of response to that, to, 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 to that type of action. But I would, have, I would have understood it a little more if Ben was some type of playboy who was yeah. out every night, you know, running, running around town painting the town red, going here and there, but I knew his ass was just sitting on the couch watching Netflix and playing, you know, yes, Call of Duty. Play, playing video games <laughs> and shit. And I think it was like, I tried to be, I gave him this, I gave him one of my, my famous speeches, which is about how, like, when I was in retail, uh, I, I used to show up for work, like, literally, if I had to work at 10 p.m., 10 a.m., I was at work, like, 9.59, you know what I mean? I was, like, on the fucking dot. And uh, one day, my manager came up to me and said, like, look, like, Rico, you want to start your own business one day? I was like, yeah. And she's like, if you want to start your own business, you know, you're supposed to be, when you say work starts at 10, it starts at 10. You don't show up at 10. So you can't be showing up at 9.59, like, running in and then clocking in. And then, like, you still have to go to the back. You have to change. There's, like, all these things. You have to get ready for work. So she's like, how are you going to start your own business if you can't even show up to work on time? And I was like, that was a that was a big, like, uh, gut check for me, um, reality check. And so I gave him that speech. I thought things were okay. And then that that situation happened where he didn't show up for work. And then then I was talking to Leo. I was like, what do you what do you think your perspective is? Does he just not care about the work? And was like, yeah. Leo was like, yeah, I don't think he gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. And uh, yeah, this was like month uh, three. He was on like a two-month probation. And really, I expected him to work for us for like about six months. And, and and yeah, it was just like month three. I was just like, okay, Ben, uh, you know, it is what it is. He was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go back to the U.S. early, anyways. And then we just parted ways. Like there was no, there was no fanfare. It was, 
we didn't have the you know going away dinner or anything like that. It was just it, it was what it was. I um I wasn't even gonna mention this employee, but we had another guy. I'll say his name. His name was Roy. And um, this was at the height of the first phase of SFA when things really started to take off. And you know, we hired three, four new employees, and we just really needed to kick things into high gear. And it was it was it was an exciting time, man. Like like you know, every two months we were expanding, we were getting a bigger office, we were taking on new projects, and everybody could feel it. You know, everybody was making more money, everybody was moving, everybody had a lot of responsibility. And just from the second we started work, it was it was a hustle, man. And this is when we were in San Yuan Lee at the time. San Yuan Lee is right by Guangzhou Railway yeah, Station. It's where all the markets are in Guangzhou. Now it's a busy you know, marketplace, but at the time it was way more busy and way crazier. And, um, you know, so we were really on the hustle every day. I mean, there was a lot going on. And this guy, he was kind of the same situation as Ben, where we'd walk into work and, you know, I'd hear my one employee having three conversations with the factory. My other employee, he was downstairs picking up stock, shipping things out. You know, me and my business partner were on the phone with America. And like, and we were just moving, man. It was awesome. And you'd look over and you'd check up and see how Roy was doing. And Roy was playing solitaire. Roy was taking 45-minute bathroom breaks. <laughs> he just didn't give a shit. He was so, so relaxed about everything. So yep. that was, I think Roy worked for us for about three weeks and then we had to give him the ax. So go picking back up off of the Roy situation. We had a, our own Roy, I call him Roy B. And uh, this dude, how did he come? He came as a recommendation from another employee who we ended up firing so we had another employee who was introduced to us by a another employee who at the time was fantastic, but she had a buddy from college and she was like, "Hey, you know, uh, can can Roy B come come work for us? Because we needed we needed somebody who could who had manufacturing experience, which this dude did have, who could come in and plug in a gap. This was around the time when we were we we're doing an, uh, the fidget spinner order for Walmart." And we just needed like somebody who we didn't have to train, who we could just send to the factories, who spoke good English, who could figure out what the fuck was going on. So I had this guy, Roy B, come in and I, you know, I, I started working on a couple of different things and he seemed sharp. He was on the money. I was like, all right, this guy, all right, let's do it. So the, the fidget spinner project went perfect, right? It was good. And this was two weeks of him working for us, three weeks of him working for us. And then the first red flag was I had our fidget spinner client send me a message on WeChat saying, hey, by the way, Roy B asked me uh, if, you know, I could hire him full-time. <laughs> That's a bad look, man. Like, Wait, so this dude approached our client behind our backs and asked our client if our client could hire him. And it wasn't even like he approached him and was like, yo, you know, I have another factory that's cheaper. Like, you know, it, was, it wasn't even that. It was like trying to steal the client. He literally was asking our client for a job. And I mean, I understand the reason was because we weren't promising him a full-time position at that time. But at the same time, it's like, dude, like, what did you think was going to... Did you think that the client was just going to hire you and not tell us what, the, what was going on? Like, 
did you not think of asking me first before? So anyways, that was that. I was like, I, I had those conversations. He's like, sorry, I didn't understand. I was like, all right, I'm going to put that up to like him being, you know, socially inept or whatever. And then um, he had a situation where he was applying for a, a driver's license and his parents had promised him that if he got his driver's license, um, he would they would buy him a car and shit. So he got his driver's license, got a car, got a brand new like BMW 3 Series. Must be nice. It was cool. And I was like, we gave him time off of work for that. It was not even a big deal. By the way, in between this, we were having issues with, again, the documentation stuff, getting him to save everything on Google Drive and make sure that things are documented properly so that we can reference it in the future. But at that stage, I was kind of chalking it up to him only working for us for three weeks and not being used to the systems. Because it happens to everybody that works for us at the beginning is they have to get used to the various systems that we, uh, apps and the system that we have. But for me, the moment where I was like, this is, I can't hire this guy was he came into the office. This is two days after he got his driver's license, whatever. Came into office with a fucking Qingdao beer. <laughs> In the morning? It, it was like, yeah, it was like late morning, early yeah. afternoon. <laughs> I didn't see the beer initially, but he came in and it's like, he left to go to the bathroom, whatever. And then I just saw, like, I'm, I'm sitting at the back of the office, our, that was in our smaller space at the time, but I could see, you know, the four employees in front of me. And then I just saw like, like a green bottle on the floor and I was like, <laughs> fuck is that? And then I, saw, I was like, wait, that's a fucking Ching Dao, man. Like, what the fuck is this? I took a picture of this. I was like, who the fuck comes to work? He thinks he's Don Draper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. It was like, oh, what, what, you've been watching Mad Men? Like, <laughs> but even if you're watching Mad Men, like, you gotta come in with a beer bottle? Like, <laughs> I mean, at least come with some whiskey or some beer. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that beer bottle. I was like, "Okay, no, we gotta, we gotta fire this guy. That's <laughs> like, a this is not, this is not gonna work out." Like, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even confront him about the 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 beer. I was just, I just told him, I "Was like, dude, like, yeah, this is it. This isn't working out, man. We're not gonna be offering you a full time position." I had um, another employee. I'll call him Mister B, and it was. Most of the employee situations I can look back and laugh about, or I can, I can, you know, look at it as a learning experience. This one was the only situation where um, it was tough. It was, it was tough at the time, and even now, it's a, it's a little bit unfortunate to, to me because um, I can honestly say, without Mr. B. There is zero chance that we're here today working together, having this podcast. Like, he was absolutely essential to taking SFA to the next stage. The point we hired him was the point that SFA took off. And the reason for that was when I started, I had one employee working for me. She was absolutely fantastic, was just the, 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 the hardest worker, really sweet girl, um, did everything I asked, was, was just fantastic. The, the best possible first employee a startup could ever, ever want. But she was a tiny little thing. Um, 
and she wasn't great in social settings. Not bad, but wasn't great. You know, she wouldn't go into a factory and, you know, dominate conversation. She wouldn't win anyone over with her personality. She wasn't noticing when someone was trying to screw us. So what was happening was we were coming to factories with big deals. At the time, my Chinese wasn't as good as it is today. So I heavily relied on her for communication and she just couldn't handle it. Not only the uh, negotiating aspect of things, but probably the biggest thing was she couldn't physically handle us going and meeting with all these factories. The travel, uh, staying at hotels, drinking, you know, and, and, and the, 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 the production that is a, a meeting with Chinese factories, especially back in the day, the dinners, the, the drinks, you know, the multiple nights of, of, of going out in order to earn someone's trust. It just wasn't happening. So when I hired Mr. B, he was probably the smoothest talking Chinese guy that I've met to date. He had an uncanny ability of making people like him. Um, and I noticed that he was the first friend I made in China, the very first person I met in China. Two days into my stay in China, I was looking for apartments and he was working for a, a realtor and he helped me get my first apartment in China. And um, once he came on staff, things took off because of that ability. He was my right hand man. He went everywhere with me. I mean, we would go on three, four day trips to Dongguan, Shenzhen, Shanghai all the surrounding areas in Zhejiang and meet with all these factories and you know the factories would love them they would absolutely love them and, and he would just control our, our relationships um yeah, but, and apologies for the yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a rowdy drunk crowd here at the uh the Mikasa. Uh, but with mr b what happened eventually something happened i don't know what happened in my personal opinion is someone was in his ear saying that you're not getting treated well enough you should be getting more out of this employment but um mr b started to get really strange he started complaining that and it could have been real i don't know but you know i never got an adequate explanation for what happened but he started to um everything became difficult traveling to work he was having anxiety he couldn't take the metro to work anymore we had to get him taxis every day to and from work. He was consistently showing up later. He was upset about this, upset about that. And, um, you know, I had had so much success with this employee that, you know, it took me about three or four months longer than it should have to let him go. But it got to the point where he was so grumpy around the office that... I wouldn't be able to talk to him for the first couple hours of the day. Um, a, a small bickering conversation between him and my former uh, partner turned into a case where unprovoked, you know, not to the point where they're shouting obscenities at each other, but, you know, they had some sort of, of disagreement. Next thing you know, there's staplers and other desk products flying across the room at my business partner's head. He literally took a stapler and whipped it across the room at my business partner's head as hard as he could. And everyone in the office just kind of looked around stunned. You usually don't take 
objects from your desk and chuck them full speed at your boss's head. So that was around the point where uh, where we had to call it quits with him. But um, that was a weird situation, man. I, I, I think it stems from somebody who didn't fully communicate what they expected. And, you know, after two, three years with the company, he was expecting more, I'm assuming. You know, otherwise I don't understand this this type of behavior. But yeah, it was a type 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 situation like you were saying with Roy too, where just started to show up to work a little bit later each day, wasn't communicating like he was before. You know, simple requests which before were met with enthusiasm started to be met with apprehension and talking back and okay, maybe this isn't the way we should do things, boss, and this type of stuff. So that was a uh, was an interesting interesting scenario. And, um, the only employee that I've had who I still have a little bit of a sore spot for how it ended because we had so much success together. All right, guys. So this is another hashtag. This is China episode. Um, again, rate us five stars on iTunes. Podcast is available on Spotify. Check out the YouTube channel Source Find Asia. You can reach out to us. That's podcast at sourcefindasia.com. Um, check out the show notes, sourcefindasia.com slash made in China. Cheers. Papery murder. Black on black murder. Papery murder. Black on black murder. Uh, this is to the memory of Dan Roy Henry. Too much enemy fire to catch a friend. Straight from the same shade, nigga, we on the same team. Giving you respect, I expect the same thing. Uh, all black everything, nigga, you know my fresh coat. My fight for you, don't increase my stress though. Niggas watching the stone, very happy to be you. Power to the people, when you see me, see you.